Welcome to the church service of the South Edmonton Church of Christ. Uh, this was recorded uh, for Sunday morning, March the 22nd, 2020. Uh, I know this isn't our normal way of meeting together. Uh, there's also a group at the church building that's meeting in kind of a drive-in uh, type church setting. It's going to be new for all of us. Uh, that, that will be interesting. Um, these times are a little different than usual. But if you remember, we've also gone through some other times that weren't always usual as well. A few years back, whenever our building burned down, we didn't have a place to meet. And we soon found out that the building is not about the church. Well, it seems we're going to have to relearn that lesson in kind of maybe different ways than what we had before. That the church is not about the building. It is about the people. And how can we as the church now be connected? Because before, with the fire, we met in several different circumstances. And every time that we met, we met and, and had a wonderful service together. And we also met in hope that things will return to normal. And guess what? They did. This time as well. I know it, it doesn't feel like things are exactly normal right now, but we do have hope and we will meet in hope that things will return uh, back to normal once again. And we will enjoy being able to see each other face to face, to shake each other's hands, greet one another, and, and really be the church that, uh, that Christ has called us to be. For the time being, this is the church that Christ has called us to be, meeting in different ways, but still meeting. This morning, I want us to take a look at John chapter 4, and I want us to see a few lessons about Jesus. We're going to look at who Jesus is, what he offers, and also ways to follow him. And we're going to do that from, from three different people groups and their perspective uh, this morning. We're going to see how they interacted with all three of those things. So let's begin uh, in John chapter 4 at this time. The first people group, this one's just a person, just an individual, is there is this woman. She's a Samaritan woman. And we're going to see something about this conversation she has with Jesus. John chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said. You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to come, uh, keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. 
I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshiper the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. So in this conversation, and by the way, I know it's, it's a lengthy one, but I think it's an important one. This woman, we learn so many things from her perspective. So let's take a look at those three things that I mentioned before. The first one is, who Jesus is? Well, well, who did the woman say that Jesus was? If you look in verse 19, you find out that the woman first calls him a prophet. You know, she can tell this conversation is going somewhere that's a little bit deeper than she was expecting. She can tell he's a prophet. She can tell there's something important about him. But we even find out it's not just that he is a prophet. No, he's more than a prophet. In verse 25, we find out that, that he tells her that he is the Messiah. He is the Christ. See, that's more than a prophet. Uh, not not every prophet could make that claim, but Jesus Christ can because that's exactly who he is. And it's so interesting that he chooses to tell the Samaritan woman because he's breaking down all of these different social barriers at this time because the, the Jewish people and the Samaritans, they, they didn't like intermingle like this. But yet Jesus, he doesn't care about those things. He cares about this woman and teaching her some of these things. And in this case, she finds out this wonderful story that it's so important for us to find out too and to understand is, who Jesus is. He's a prophet, but he's also the Christ. What does he offer? Well, here with the woman, if you look in verse 10, what you'll find out is he has this conversation about living water. Now, that doesn't make sense to her at first because she's trying to figure out how can he draw water from some well that he doesn't have anything to, to draw water from? How's he going to get that water? But he says it's, it's different than that. It's this living water. It's this water that will produce life that is life. That's what Jesus is offering her. And the woman wants to find out a little bit more. And she most certainly continues on this conversation. And she finds out a lot more than I'm sure she was expecting to when she was just going about her day-to-day -day task of drawing water. We need to keep our eyes open. We need to keep our ears open to what the Spirit is saying to us, what Jesus is saying to us, and make sure that we don't miss some wonderful opportunity to learn things about him, uh, like this woman was had this wonderful opportunity because she was willing to have this conversation and to, to learn. And the third thing, ways to follow. This is probably one of the, the reasons why this passage kept coming up in my mind is because Jesus tells this woman that those who are the true worshipers, the one who are really concerned about worshiping God, they're going to worship in the spirit and in truth. She's got this question, okay? Is it her religious group says it's got to be this mountain? This other religious group, the Jewish people, they say, oh, it's got to be over there in Jerusalem. Now, Jesus knows 
that Jerusalem really should be the place of worship at this time, uh, the time that he's speaking there. However, what he's telling her is it's bigger than that. It's one day not going to matter whether you worship on this mountain or even that mountain or if you worship in Jerusalem. But he's saying, are you worshiping in spirit and in truth? So this morning, you might be worshiping on a mountain. Who knows? You probably aren't worshiping Jerusalem, but you might be worshiping just in, in some town. You might be in your living room or somewhere else. Who knows? But no matter where the actual location that you are right now, that, that doesn't matter nearly as much as are you worshiping in the spirit and in truth? Because you can do that no matter where you are at this time. But it, it is up to you. Are you going to do that? Are you going to step up and, and press through this time by worshiping God uh, no matter what your circumstances are around us? I believe this time it is so crucial for us to worship God, for us to rely upon God and to, to trust in him that he will get us through this time and that we can make it because Jesus Christ is the one that, that gives us this strength at this time. We've got to rest on him. We, we've got to trust him. So there's also some more that we learn from this chapter. Let's look at another perspective. Let's look at the perspective from the disciples. And let's see, once again, they're going to learn some of the, the same three categories that we saw with the woman. But uh, they're going to be slightly different things that they learn. John chapter 4, verses 27 through 38. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you don't, that, that you know nothing about. And his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a, wages, uh, draws a wage and harvest a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. So in this section of John chapter four, we see that the disciples learn something about Jesus and they have lessons to teach us as well. The first one, once again, who Jesus is. Well, who did they say that he was? When you look at verse 31, they call him rabbi. That just means teacher. So they were relying upon Jesus as being the one to teach him. He's most certainly our teacher as well. We've got to learn at his feet, learn the things that he uh, would like us to learn. And especially during this time, I'm sure there's going to be lessons that I can't even tell you what those might look like just yet. In the upcoming weeks, we'll kind of visit some of those, though, I'm sure. And you're welcome to share some with me uh, if you can get a hold of me and contact me in some way. But Jesus will teach us things if we're willing to learn. The next thing, what does Jesus offer these people, these disciples? What Jesus actually offers is, is food. He talks about his own food. You know, they were wondering, okay, did somebody come and give him food? No, 
He says in verse 34 what his food is. His food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Well, his food was doing God's will. What about your food? You know, how many times in your life can you really say, well, my food and what, what sustains me, what satisfies me is doing God's will? Well, that, that's really a lesson that we can learn here from Jesus that he taught them. And that's what he's offering them. He's offering them that type of food. How do we follow him? Ways to follow him. What's, what's the way to follow him that we learn here? Well, we learn that there are fields that are ready for harvest. Find that in verse 35 and some of the conversation around that. But Jesus is trying to get them to realize, you know, look, the time has come. These people are ready. You've got the message. You've got to share it with those people. Guess what? That's still true today. People around us are ready and they're willing to hear this message that you have to proclaim to them. Are you willing to proclaim the good message to those people around you, the good news that you have? That's what they need to hear desperately at this time, is this good news that's found in Jesus Christ. So those are some of the lessons that we can learn from the disciples. However, we have one uh, final group, this third group that we're gonna take a look at. This group is the town. The, the whole town of people, and by the way, each time that the group gets a little bit bigger, the first time it was just one individual, then it was the disciples, which is a smaller group, and now it's a whole town of people. What do we learn about this whole town and their interaction with Jesus? Let's, let's see. John chapter 4, verses 39 through 42. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So... When the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Okay, so this town. What can they teach us about these things? What did they learn here? The first one, who Jesus is. This whole town learned and said in verse 42 that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Do we recognize Jesus as that? I'm sure most of you do. I'm sure just about all of us do, actually, that we, that we recognize he is our Savior. And we trust in him and his saving grace that, that he gives to us. This town needed to learn that message. There's other people around us that still need to learn that message, that haven't encountered Jesus and don't know the savior of the world. That most certainly is who Jesus is. The second thing, what does he offer them? Well, for this one, if you look at verse 41, I believe what Jesus is offering them is are words of life that produce in these people belief. It produces faith in these people because their message, they say that, that, that we will, you know, now we believe because of his words, many more became believers. It's because of his words. Jesus Christ, already in John's gospel, he himself was called the word, but now he's offering these words, these words that produce life in people. The word of Jesus is so powerful, so important for us to, to cling to and for us to, to listen to and to learn from. It truly can produce belief. It truly can produce faith in our own lives. And the third thing, Ways to follow him. What ways to follow him can we learn from this town? Well, this whole town calls him Savior of the world. 
keep in mind this town is is not a Jewish town. You know, these aren't really Jews that he's talking to. These are Samaritans. There was this tension between this religious group of the Samaritans and the religious group of, of the Jewish people. But yet in this town, they welcomed and accepted Jesus, not just the savior of the Jewish people, but the savior of the world. The message that most certainly is powerful and important for us today. But how do we follow the savior? Well, when we follow the savior of the world, his pathway leads to salvation. His pathway, it leads to deliverance, truth. These are the things that each of these people groups learn from us. So once again, let's just kind of briefly go over those things that we look at. Who Jesus is. Well, from the perspective of the woman, we see that he is a prophet, but even more than a prophet, he's the Christ. From the disciples, we learn that Jesus is rabbi. He's our teacher. And from the town, we learn that he is the savior of the world. What does he offer? Well, what he offers from the perspective of the woman is living water. He offers that same thing to us too. What does he offer the disciples? He offers them the bread of heaven. And he offers the whole town words of life, words of faith, and belief. Ways to follow Jesus. We learn from the perspective of the woman that we must worship God in the spirit and in truth. We learn from the disciples that we need to open up our eyes to these fields that are already ready for harvest all around us. And we learn from the town that we need to follow Jesus from the land and through the land of hardship into deliverance, into salvation. Because Jesus Christ, the savior of the world, that's what he offers. That's what he extends to us. Do you believe these things as to who Jesus is? Do you accept his offers that he is offering to each and every one of us? And do you follow him? Now that's entirely up to you, but it's something that he himself has asked us several times to follow him, to follow this new way of life that leads to salvation. Are you following Jesus Christ? We can help you. Reach out to us. Let us know. Thank you for watching this video and being part of this, this uh, church setting.